What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the College Underdogs Podcast. I am your host, Trey Smith. We are officially a part of the Believe Network. And um, man, it's the Monday after the last regular season slate of games for college football. Wow. It seems like the season just started. It seems like we were just talking about realignment all summer. And then the season gets kicked off, and we're still talking a little bit about realignment. Then we got into the season, and now here we are, another year down. It's crazy. College football season, the regular season, is officially over. We've got championship weekend coming up. Following that, we'll have bowl season. A lot to play for still with the American Athletic Conference. Overall, this was not a good year for the conference, top to bottom. Just that's the bottom line. I mean... We finished with six bowl-eligible teams. Uh, Two of those, however, were newcomers with UTSA and Rice. Um, And then, of course, one of them is an outgoing team in SMU. So we'll have to just wait and see. You know, I've I've been pretty strong advocate for the newcoming schools or the incoming schools, giving it time to let the new resources take root. Not just the revenue, but the exposure. Let's see what happens with the transfer portal, okay? Um, You know, it giveth and it taketh away. So hopefully the teams that had players really shine this year, like a North Texas, who who had, you know, a 3,000-yard passer who really didn't even start the season as the starter, a 1,000-yard receiver and a 1,000-yard rusher, all slated to come back next year, But will they be back with North Texas? Will they hit the portal? You could kind of say the same thing across the conference. So uh, I saw Memphis already had, I think, their backup quarterback who got some reps here and there this season is in the portal. And I think there was another guy. Um, It's just this. here we are. Um, You know, there were the rumors earlier this month about a, a, a particular quarterback in the conference, pretty notable quarterback in the conference possibly hitting the portal but it's where we're at and not only are we hitting the portal but it's coaching carousel season man um and I'm actually going to talk about one on this episode with the uh, uh Jonathan Jonathan Smith but before anything man I, I just my, my top to bottom overall review man um I, you can't expect a whole lot, or I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of the conference this year, given what they lost versus what they have coming in. I am disappointed in how some of these teams performed. I thought uh, Temple would have a much better year. I thought there would at least be one other bowl-eligible newcomer, uh, you know, like FAU. I actually, I, I think I had higher expectations for ECU, listen, I knew I knew they lost a lot, but I, I did not expect a 2-10 showing from this ECU team. Um, you know, Navy, obviously they're 5-6. and six. They've got the Army game to still hit that 6-6 six and six threshold, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to get them in a bowl game because they're going to make all those decisions before then. Uh, USF was a bright spot. All right, six and six, won more games this year, I think, than they've won the last three years combined. They're back in bowl eligibility. And again, though, the question becomes, does Byron Brown stay? Um, that, that is the, the downside uh, 
to being in a G5 conference, especially in today's landscape. Now, the balance to that is you're also going to have guys that you can go get from the bigger schools that jump in the portal. For example, Caden Salter at Liberty. Okay, a huge reason why Liberty is undefeated and knocking on the door of a New Year's Six Bowl bid is because of him, right? Liberty scooped him out of the portal. He jumped from Tennessee, got a fresh start, got a new beginning, and he's put it all together this season. I remember him playing at Cedar Hill uh, in Dallas, Texas as a high school uh, player. And um, um, so, you know, you're going to lose guys, but you're going to get guys. It's, you know, it, it is what it is. But I think overall, I don't know. I don't know what grade I would give. I'm curious, what, what grade would you give the American Athletic Conference overall as a football season, knowing it was year one? I mean, I'm definitely teetering between like a C plus and a B. Um, I think the top of the conference obviously would be rated much higher than that. But when you factor in the bottom of the conference and how some of these teams, man, just were disappointing. They were disappointing. Um, Charlotte, I mean, they went three and nine. You know, I was advocating for them pretty heavily at the beginning of the season. You know, maybe I drank too much of the Biff Poggi Kool-Aid, but I wasn't just drinking the Kool-Aid of, of his, you know, how he was handling the media and media day and all that. But they did completely flip and turn over that roster. And when you looked at the players they brought in on paper, it's like, okay, this isn't the same team that went three and nine a year ago. So surely they're going to be better than that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't want to turn this into dogging on teams. I mean, UNT went five and seven, but they, they got a good win here to close the season. I think they've got some positive momentum heading into spring, uh, or winter conditioning. I should say then into spring, as long as they can keep their roster intact, I think Eric Morris could be primed for a, a, a significant year two step in the right direction. If he can keep his roster intact, um, thought Rice was a pleasant surprise. I don't think anyone expected much out of them this year. And here they are in a new conference. They're bowl eligible. Uh, of course, Memphis, they got a shot at 10 wins. I know a lot of the Memphis fan base right now it was kind of a, a boom or bust type season. Like you either win the conference and get the New Year's Six bid or it's a failure. Uh, but I would like to think a 10-3 and three season, which is still on the table for them, is enough to secure Silverfield's job, right? I mean, if you're a Memphis fan watching, like, let me know your thoughts there. Um, and then, of course, UTSA, you know, they had some early season woes, but then they got it together in conference play. And then, uh, yeah, then they hit the the brick wall of Tulane. Obviously, the five turnovers didn't help. And that's where it's like a catch-22 because on one hand, you can say, oh, they did it to themselves. Had they not shot themselves in the foot so much, they could have won that game. You know, you're not going to win a game turning the ball over five times. However, you know, the balance of that is there's a reason you turn the ball over five times. And first shout out to everyone that was on the live stream. We were, we live streamed the first half of that game right here on the college game time channel. But, um, that Tulane front seven came to play, make no mistake about it. And that front seven I mean, that's, that's a nasty front seven. In fact, I really like this matchup with SMU and Tulane. I'm not going to dive into it too much today. I'm going to wait until tomorrow or possibly Wednesday. I want to see what the CFP does. 
I think we're going to be able to learn a lot by how the CFP ranks Tulane, ranks Liberty, and then does SMU get in there? SMU just got into the AP poll. I know that's not a clear indication of what the CFP poll is going to do, but could SMU get in there? If SMU doesn't get in there, they want Tulane ranked as high as possible. So we're going to we're going to be able to see learn a lot from how the CFP does this next round of rankings. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, Tulsa, uh, I mean, five and seven, now they're four and eight, Kevin Wilson's first year. I, I, I think I expected more. I really thought Tulsa or Temple would have a bounce back season from a year ago, and neither one of them did. So it's kind of my, my thoughts on just bird's eye view thoughts on the AAC 2023 football season. Let me know what you're thinking, you know, can't believe the season's over, but uh, yeah, let's keep it moving. So the next thing I want to talk about is this Jonathan Smith leaving Oregon State for Michigan State, and I'm going to play you an audio clip here of something he said that's been, I don't know if it went viral, but I've seen it semi-trending over on Twitter, and I want to get your thoughts, especially those of you that are Oregon State fans, a shout out to the OSU fans, the Beaver Nation fans that joined the live stream on Friday. I love that, man. I love that. You don't even have a dog in the fight, but you came in on the channel, uh, uh, you know, gave your two cents in the chat, and I, I appreciate that so much. And if you're watching this episode, I want you to give me your thoughts on this Jonathan Smith quote. I'm going to give you mine, but uh, let's listen to what he said when he was asked, essentially, how long has he known that he was going to be Michigan State's next head coach? Here's what he said. When you had a big game with Oregon, of course, when did you know this was going to happen? You know, we, I felt confident, I'll be honest with you, but I did want to sleep on it one more night type yeah. thing. Uh, but the, uh, it, it, in my mind, it's been a long time. In my mind, it's been a long time. That statement right there has lit a fire under a lot of the Oregon State fan base, understandably so. I'm going to try and give you my perspective of this from somewhat of an unbiased, objective point of view. Um, first off, realignment is to blame for this. Now, you know, who do you blame for the way realignment shaped out? Take your pick. But the bottom line is, is I don't believe Jonathan Smith is looking to ever leave Oregon State one, if the PAC conference stays intact, or two, if Oregon State were to have received a Power 5 invite. Him leaving tells me he has no faith in the leadership of the Oregon State institution to pull Oregon State out of this pit that they're currently sitting in as it pertains to kind of being the ones left behind. You know, you hear all this stuff right now, a scheduling, a scheduling alliance with the Mountain West, possible scheduling alliance with uh, the Mount or with the Conference USA and MAC Conference, you know, rebuilding through backfilling once they get all the resources and all these things. And for me, I feel like Jonathan Smith, former player, uh, has rebuilt the program back to a respectable place. Um, and listen, if you're an OSU fan seeing this and you want to sound off in the comments, feel free. But to me, this is a clear indication that he just doesn't have a lot of faith in the direction and the future of the Oregon State 
football program. And, you know, on, on one hand, I don't blame him. I don't. Honestly. Um, God, I, I really thought Oregon State and Washington State, I'm on record saying so. I thought it, it, it's a matter of, of when, not if, that they get a Power 5 invite. I thought a, a lot of things were moving in a direction, could, could tilt the needle, and it just hasn't. And it's crazy because I remember early in the summer, before the pack even imploded, and I was talking about kind of from a Big 12 perspective of how, who I thought they were going to be able to poach and just kind of having some conversations throughout the summer about realignment following the story. And I remember there was an Oregon State fan that chimed in and, and genuinely was concerned about, you know, and they used the term relegated, but basically being relegated to a G5 conference once the smoke clears. And I remember when I responded, I was like, there's no way something like that will happen. In my mind, like, there's no way that Oregon State is just going to be completely left behind. And here we are. Uh, I'm curious to see what the portal begins to look like for the team. Uh, coach leaving, conference stuff, undecided, media deal, undecided. I just, man. Um, I'm curious to know though, what are your thoughts on this? Not just on coach Jonathan Smith, but on like, what does this mean as it pertains to the future of the pack too? Cause I feel like if there was any sense of stability and security there, I don't know that Jonathan Smith leaves to go to the Michigan state. And when he says for a long time now, or, or in my mind, it's been a long time. I don't think he's been plotting this since, you know, I mean, you got to think Mel Tucker got put on administrative leave after the PAC conference imploded and basically everybody found a landing spot except Oregon state and Washington state. So I would think as a head coach, he has to start going, all right, I got to be tapped in now to what else is out there. I'm sure all head coaches are in that mode all the time, but especially given that circumstance, uh, which was out of his control, so just my thoughts there. Uh, I'll keep this thing moving though. Um, Memphis basketball unranked again. I told you last week, I felt like if they could just go two and one in the Atlantis tournament in the battle for Atlantis, go two and one, they'd be ranked. They beat Michigan. They beat Arkansas lost to Villanova. I thought no problem. They're going to get in there and sure enough, they're left out again, and they're basically that next team in with the most votes. And this is ridiculous, in my opinion. Uh, this is a top 25 basketball team. Listen, I know they got absolutely smacked in the first half of that game against Villanova. Uh, and to be honest, I was on the live stream here mainly focused on the UTSA Tulane game, but I did have that one on a second screen. So I was kind of checking on it, kind of peeking over at it here and there. But they battled in the second half. And had they not dug themselves such a deep hole in the first half, they likely could have made it a game in the second half. And I thought that at least they made it a respectable score to end that game. And I thought, okay, Surely they're not going to penalize them. Like when they were getting beat early, I thought, okay, if this continues, 
they're not going to get ranked in the AP poll. I mean, it's like, it's almost like they're looking for any reason to leave Memphis out instead of just actually watching this team play, play great against Michigan, play great against Arkansas, played a bad half against Villanova, got it together in the second half. And honestly, I feel like that's a team that deserves to be ranked. Um, so let me know your thoughts on that. I think they're going to have to keep winning, obviously, in their non-conference schedule. Uh, FAU, after losing that game to Bryant, uh, it really lit a fire under them. They got some big wins, particularly over a ranked A&M, uh, undefeated ranked A&M team. And they won, I think, was it the ESPN Invitational? So that's good to good to see. Obviously, as we transition out of football season I will I will get a little more in tune with the rest of the conference on the basketball side of things uh, but yeah the main main storyline as far as I'm concerned right now is the fact that Memphis is not ranked in the AP poll top 25 which is ridiculous a uh, couple other quick or I guess one other quick tidbit is uh, Delaware uh, Pete Thamel reported that Delaware is set to join the conference USA in 2024, 2025. So uh, Conference USA is not going to go away quietly after they just got gutted essentially by the American Conference. I mean, they've got Kennesaw State coming in, I think, next season, and then uh, Delaware the season after that. Uh, I think Delaware is a good addition, man. I think that's a they, – they've they, – I don't know. I, I don't want to speak on something I don't really know. Right. I don't, I'm not super tuned in with Delaware, but I feel like I see their, their team as a perennial playoff team at the FCS level, but maybe I'm just living in the Joe Flacco. <laughs> I'm just living in the past on that. Uh, so if you happen to be tapped in with Delaware and the conference USA, let me know in the comments, what your thoughts are on that. Um, and yeah, at this point, man, let's see how the portal season plays out. Let's see how uh, the coaching carousel starts to play out. And then, of course, we've got championship weekend. Big, big game. Friday night. All right, Liberty and its rematch with New Mexico State. Um, and then Saturday, of course, we've got the big one, SMU at Tulane. I will talk more about that this week. Unfortunately, Preston Stone injured. He is out. I'm really wanting to see it obviously didn't impact the AP poll, but they don't usually take that stuff into consideration. Whereas the CFP, I, I just, and I'll dive into this a little bit more this week, but should SMU get the win over Tulane at Tulane? Does the fact that Preston Stone is not playing come back to haunt SMU with the CFP committee, because as I've said on this time and time again, they will take into consideration coaching changes and player key player injuries. And so if they go and win against Tulane in the conference championship, how does that impact things? How does that impact their ability to leapfrog Liberty in the event Liberty finishes the season 13 and 0 conference champion now on the flip side if Tulane wins they're in and I think Tulane deserves a significant bump in the CFP rankings as I put on my Twitter account Saturday night um, I mean this to me is 
is the head and shoulders best G5 football team right now. And quite frankly, the, the next team on my list is SMU. Uh, looking at how they play. I, mean, I think this is going to be a great, great matchup. The big question mark is, is how does SMU fare without their starting quarterback? That's the only thing that, you know, sucks about this whole ordeal. And I think Tulane fans would agree as well. You know, you want to play your, you want to play your competition at their best. But anyways, Tulane wins. They're in second year in a row, chance to make history. If SMU wins, I think we got to pay attention to what happens with Liberty Friday night. We'll talk more about that this week. Let me know your thoughts on the uh, overall AAC football season. Let me know your thoughts on this Jonathan Smith quote, this clip, I should say. And then let me know your thoughts on Memphis Hoops getting shafted again by the AP poll. And until uh, next time, tomorrow, I'll see everybody tomorrow. That's it for me, Trey Smith, signing off.